It is Thanksgiving. If you did not know about this, Thanksgiving is this week. Woo! Right? Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. It's right behind Christmas. I have a special affinity to Thanksgiving because it's basically a second birthday for me. Right? My birthday is last week, and so any of the relatives that I was going to see at Thanksgiving would hold the gifts and the cards and the, you know, the, the gift cards until Thanksgiving. Like, we're going to see Jared next week. And so it was like a second birthday. Who's in favor of second birthdays? Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> so that's how Thanksgiving uh, means to me, and uh, very, I always enjoyed Thanksgiving. And then as I got older, I absolutely love food, so there's that. I think we should have Thanksgiving like once a month. I think this would be a good uh, second, you know, uh, I think that that would be a good use of our time. It would keep us a very more grateful nation, thankful people. Uh, I think that would be fabulous. So Thanksgiving is happening this week. Now, Thanksgiving is not a religious holiday. It's not. It was done for some religious people and Puritans that came over. And you guys know the story. You learned that in school. But it's not a religious holiday. It has nothing to do with Jesus. But it's one of these things that I think we can reclaim just in the food. If we think about the food a little bit differently, we can reclaim it, and it can become a very significant spiritual experience. And this is something, kids, that you could actually teach your family that's not here this, uh, this Sunday. You could teach them this on Thursday. And so that's what we want to do today. That's why I have all of our favorite foods up here today. Um, so we're going to go through these foods, and I'm going to talk about a spiritual kind of prayer that we can associate with each one of these foods. Is that okay? On the back of your bulletin, you should have an outline. I believe I missed the mashed potatoes, which is a travesty for me. Because if you know that, my food groups in, in, include meat and mashed potatoes. That's the two that I eat. So I uh, don't know how I missed that. Um, so, oh, well, you can add that in. Uh, you have a pens probably in front of your seats on today. So uh, let's start with the turkey. It's the star of the show, right? It's the star of the show. It's the main thing. I cooked this turkey. I'm very proud of it. It is my first turkey uh, that I've ever cooked, and it is delicious. Um, I, I, but we, it takes care. It takes uh, a lot of prep. I did not realize that you had to let it thaw for so long. <laughs> Whoops-a-daisy. Uh, I also didn't realize that almost all of the recipes call for you to brine it for, like, hours. I was like, well, I've got to find that recipe that's like, oops, stupid man cooking turkey. And I found it, and it was great. So it worked out well. It includes a little hint, if you're wondering, and you're like, how do I do that? Because I didn't know about the brining. I'm a little nervous now. Butter. Just lots of butter. It cures everything, okay? Um, and when in doubt, put some bacon on it. That probably would help too, right? I don't know, but I'm going to try it next time. Um, so there's the turkey. Turkey, guys, has a chemical in it that makes everyone go into a food coma after you eat it. It's called tryptophan, right? So it's not just the football, and it's not just that the guys want to fall asleep and not pay attention to the family and do the dishes. After, well, it might be that. After Thanksgiving, it is, there's actually a chemical that causes you to get sleepy, and it's called tryptophan. It's in the turkey. And so as I load my plate, here today, and I'm going to eat in front of you, and it's going to be, oh no, fabulous, this turkey here, I just, oh, it's so good, 
As I eat this, it'll make me sleepy. And I don't need any help on Sunday afternoons taking a nap, but this will help me even more. And so the spiritual idea that I wanted to bring from this is how do we rest in Jesus? This is a main point. This is a main idea of our spirituality is that we try so hard to work through everything and earn everything and just push through everything. How do we as a people, as a church, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, rest in who God is? And the scripture that I wanted to pull from that is Psalm 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. We can pray, Jesus, thank you that we can rest in you, that you love us and care for us. Thank you that you protect us. Amen. We can, we can pray this. So this, this Thursday, when you start eating turkey, think about, I'm supposed to rest in Jesus. If we start out our day that way, if we start out our, our Christmas holiday season going, I can rest in Jesus. How can that change our mindset, change how we attach all, attack all these different holidays and things that we got to do? Second thing, the real star of the show, mash potatoes. All right, mash potatoes. And there's Thanksgiving, I have two plans of attack. Either I go first and get little bitty portions of everything, so then when everyone else is gone, I can go back and I'll have my first plate eaten by the time everyone else has gone through the line, and then I can go gorge myself on the second one. Or if I can't position myself beginning, and it looks like I'm going to be middle of the line, do you guys not think about your Thanksgiving order this much? Oh, my bad. I'll get last in the line and look all humble, right? Oh, yeah, we just, go ahead, go ahead. And then, yeah, then you can just mound it. Because you all had your chances. The sweet potato casserole is mine, right? Or the cheese grits or whatever your favorite is. Because cheese grits was not a Thanksgiving food. Yes, it is. (laughs) So, once again, butter, all right? Mashed potatoes. And what I brought from mashed potatoes is life sometimes gives you lumps, right? Now, my mom, on her preparation of mashed potatoes, she blends them so much in the the mixer thing that it's got the consistency of, like, whipped cream, right? It's it's fluffy. It is very, very, very fluffy. But sometimes, if you do it by hand, you're going to get lumps in your mashed potatoes, just like life does this for us. John 16.33 says this, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. As we work through our Thanksgiving meal and we think about our mashed potatoes, as we put the mashed potatoes on our plate, or maybe we, I don't know if you do buffet style in your family or it's all sitting around a a table, whatever that looks like. When that mashed potatoes comes to you, think, God, I've gone through some stuff this year. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you that you overcome it that you're more powerful than whatever I'm dealing with, that you can beat whatever it is. Thank you, God. Next food is green bean casserole. We have some green bean casserole fans. Okay, Did you know that green bean casserole was invented in 19, it's either 55 or 65, by the Campbell's Soup Company? 
Did you know this? Now, the cynics in you would say, this is a marketing ploy, and you've all been duped. Or, if you want to be positive towards Campbell's company, they were trying to find a food that everyone had. Everyone had green beans, and everyone's got cream of mushroom soup, right? If I went to your house right now, there is probably an 80% chance that you have a can of green beans and a can of cream of mushroom soup. That cream of mushroom soup might have been there for five years, but you darn near have to have one in your pantry at all times, right? We have one. We haven't eaten a Campbell's cream of mushroom soup in our house in oh, three or four years. But we, it, it's moved from Georgia, I believe, Keep that 59-cent can. We, we, okay. But Campbell's was trying to figure out what's an availability thing, what's a cheap thing, what's an easy thing for moms to throw together, remember 1955, that, that, will, that will work. And so cream of mushroom soup, or the green bean casserole, came about out of that. It came about out of availability, what's easy. And so I want to pray as we, as we take our... Gr- Green bean casserole have a prayer of availability. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says this. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. The spiritual point of this is, God, make me available. Let me take advantage of whatever you give me. Whatever comes my way, let me make something good out of it. Whether it's cream of mushroom soup, whether it's green beans, whether whatever it is in life, whatever obstacles come, whatever things happen, let me make the most of it. So as you take the green bean casserole, think about that this, this week. Next, I want to talk about cranberries. I don't know if you, you eat the cranberries at your, uh, your house on Thanksgiving. A lot of cranberries don't even make the cut sometimes for people, Right? Because they're so stink and tart, and they're 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 an acquired taste, as my father would say. They're, they they just you need a little bit, and they cut through. Cranberries, why they're so tart is they have five times the acid, five times the acid as their cousin, the blueberries. You never would have thought a blueberry and a cranberry were the closest related thing in the in the, in the horticulture world, would you? Because they're totally different. Everybody loves blueberries. Cranberries, you're like, mm, do I have to? And, you, and then if you get, like, lazy, you just get the can. And if you're going to do this, I'm just not calling you lazy. It's just, you get, and it pops out, and you're like, cut it a couple times, serve it, whatever. It's obligatory. One person had one half of one little disc, and then they threw the rest of it away, right? And you're like, yeah. He, has he been to our Thanksgiving? Because that's exactly, exactly what happens. Um, but cranberries have five times the acid. Did you know this is how fruit type blueberry stuff works, is they're so sweet is to get animals to eat them. That's the whole way in which, which God made them is that they're sweet so animals will eat them and then go spread their seeds throughout the fields and everywhere else. That's why blueberries are sweet. Other things are sweet. Cranberries, God said, you know what? I'm going to do something different with cranberries. I'm going to make them really, really, really tart. No animal wants to eat a cranberry. Even humans, uh, unless there's only five grams of sugar in a normal serving of cranberry. And Kevin, I said that, and Kevin goes, no one eats a cranberry with only five grams of sugar. And it's true. You, the first thing you do is dump a bunch of sugar in the whole thing. But how cranberries are spread, they, they, they're how they're supposed to be. This is not how they're, they're raised anymore. But the bush 
would grow right next to a river. And then the berries are up there. And then at flood stage, however high that river comes up to every year, would come up and sweep away the berries. No animals needed. Sweeps away the berries. And so they would travel down and they would plant themselves wherever the height of flood stage was. So if you ever walk by a river, if you were in Maine, you could tell how high that river is going to get because every year those cranberries are going to deposit themselves right where the water goes. This is how, how that works. And so the prayer, when you are taking that cranberry, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about praying for God's timing. Romans 5, 6 says this. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Cranberries are this example of at just the right time. The circumstances have to be just right for cranberries to even exist anymore. But God has developed this whole system of of taking them on in his own special little acidic berry. So just the right time in our own lives that we need to pray, God, that I can rest in your timing, that I will trust that at just the right time, you have me. How much more does God love you than he loves a cranberry? At Next, my favorite, even more than mashed potatoes, is the stovetop stuffing. There are many like it, but you can't have this one. It's mine. People, I was eating this cold this morning. That's how much I love stovetop stuffing. I know I have a problem. I'm sorry. Pray for me. I love stuffing. This is... uh, I am an addict. It is what it is. We used to have stovetop stuffing all year long in our house because I love it so much. This is one of the ways perks of old only child, I guess. I got stuffing all the time. Not just at Thanksgiving, but all year long. I don't know if you guys do that. It's like 90% of all stovetop stuffing is consumed between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's the only time they sell these boxes, apparently, unless you're a hauser. Um, but stuffing is amazing. But stuffing has a long history. It's one of the longest foods ever. There is, in Roman cookbooks from 200 AD, there is a recipe for stuffing. It's where stovetop got the... No, it's not at all. (laughs) But this long-standing food, what it was used for is to throw into a cavity of whatever animal, a a pig, a turkey, a chicken, whatever. You put it in the cavity to uh, retain the moisture and make it uh, not get dried out as much when you're roasting it over a pit. That was the purpose. However, the FDA has come out and said, don't cook your stuffing in the bird. You'll get salmonella. Cook it on the side, right? You cook it, you cook it on the side and stovetop was like, Yes, because no one cooks stovetop inside the bird. They would just do it on the pan next to it, right? And so, but FDA said, don't, don't do that, don't do that. You're going to get salmonella because stuffing cooks at a different rate in which the protein in turkey does. And so there's this weird science thing going on. But what I was thinking about stuffing, I was thinking about what do I need to remove from my life? How do I pray that God, show me what needs to be removed from my life because it's making me sick. As I pursue you, God, what do I need to remove from my life because it's keeping me from experiencing all that you are? 2 Corinthians 7.1 says, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, 
Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of the reverence of God. Purify ourselves from everything that does what? Contaminates the body and spirit. So as we remove the stuff from us, as we think about the stuffing, what do I need to remove from my life? What are the habits? What are the attitudes that need to be brought out? And finally, sweet potato casserole. I lifted the lid off this. It was cooked this morning, so it was still warm. Olivia was standing right here. She goes, ooh, Pastor Jared, that looks good. She got very upset with me when I was not serving her any. Like she went over the corner and was pouting and everything because sweet potato casserole, mm, yes. Now we, we, we had some discussions around the worship team about the proper usage of butter and brown sugar. And if you were pro-pecan uh, or anti-pecan in the whole, the whole process, um, sweet potato casserole, it's so good. So, so good. What we learned from sweet potato casserole in the scripture, that is the smallest serving of sweet potato casserole I've ever served myself. And 2 Corinthians 2.15 says this, For we are, we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. The prayer is the prayer of presence, that I want to, God, will you have presence with me, that you will be a sweet aroma. As we lifted that lid off that sweet potato casserole, it was just, mmm. It was good. And you, you guys all know on Thursday, your stomachs are rumbling because everything's cooking and the sweet aroma that can pervade everything, that this would be our prayer, that we would be just like that, a sweet aroma that cascades through our house and our workplace and our community. Kelly likes to buy those Scentsy products, like the little wax thingies that you melt. I don't know what, what's going on, but it's a scent thing. And you, you turn on a light bulb and it melts the, the wax and this Scent goes all over the place. Kelly always wants to buy, Kelly's my wife, if you didn't know that. Kelly always wants to buy like the cookie dough or pumpkin pie flavor. There's one small little problem that can become a big problem if she continues to do so. She turns that pumpkin pie thing on. I want to eat every single thing in the house. It doesn't matter. If I just ate dinner, turns that scent thing on, I'm like, it doesn't have to be pumpkin pie flavored. I will still eat it all. It's just, I don't know, whatever the nose thing is, olfactory, maybe? I don't know. Am I right? Okay. Olfactory scents that just triggers me to start salivating and want to eat. So we have, uh, I gained five, 10 pounds the first time she bought the scentsy stuff. I was like, well, Let's go with Pacific Blue, okay? That's not a flavor, all right? And so that's how our household has to go. But I bring it back to when we eat our sweet potato casserole, we want to say, God, I want to be a pleasing aroma to you. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? And as we, as we live our lives, as we go out to our families this week, and some of us, we are dreading Thanksgiving. The people we got to talk to, the people, people we got to be around, Think about this. How am I supposed to be a pleasing aroma? And our turkey, how do, we, how do we rest in Jesus? How do we deal with the lumps? God, be with the lumps of life. God, how do I take, make the most of every opportunity? What do I need to remove from my life? And God, how do I rest in your timing? 
As we think about all these things in Thanksgiving dinner, we can make Thanksgiving one of the most poignant spiritual experiences of our year. I hope you'll join me in that. As we step into this holiday season, into this Christmas season, as we start with an attitude of thankfulness, an attitude of humility, an attitude of resting in God's timing, I think it can change the way we experience everything this Christmas time. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we ask you to bless us and guide us in everything. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.